Welcome to Moneyline. This is Matt McCall. It is Friday, July 9th. We're wrapping up another week, uh, the first full week here in the second half of 2021. We had a mini bit of a freak out yesterday with gross stocks. Bouncing back today, we'll talk about what happened, why it's not a big deal. We're going to talk about cryptos. We saw also at the same time, all risky assets fell yesterday. Bitcoin fell, rallying back here today. Then we're going to talk about six, actually seven stocks that came up in my scan this morning, my RSI scan. All that, much, much more coming up right now on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. Again, this is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me here on Moneyline. It is Friday, July 9th, 2021. And we have the markets doing pretty darn well right now. Last check, it is about 11, or sorry, 921. here in Nicaragua about 11:21 East Coast time so um, getting close to that lunch break but with the Dow right now near the highest session up 400 points which is about a 1.1 percent gain and with the Nasdaq up over 100 points which is a 0.7 percent gain S&P 500 up nearly 40 points nine tenths of percent and then with the Russell 2000 small mid-cap index up 1.6 percent today uh, leading the rally so let's take a look at a couple of these charts we're going to talk about what happened this week and since Tuesday and there's been some kind of wonky stuff going on here so here's a chart of the S&P 500 ETF um, you know, we, we knew heading into this week, we had seven consecutive days uh, going higher. Let me pull up the chart here for you. Seven consecutive days of all-time highs. Very rare that that happens. So we talked about what that means for the market one year out. Uh, we talked about seven um, days in a row means one year out. Five quarters in a row, five months in a row, all gains for the S&P 500, what that means one year out. And the odds are extremely good that the S&P is going to be up double-digit percentages from here. I also said at the same time on Tuesday that we're due for a pullback because we had the RSI down here at extreme levels, above 90, extremely uh, overbought. We had it pretty far away from this red line, which is a 50-day moving average, which typically when it gets that far away, it consolidates or pulls back for a little. And I I said to to you guys, I said we could easily pull back. Was it one day, one week, one month? I have no idea, but it looked like we were a bit frothy. So we had a little bit of weakness, and then uh, on Tuesday, then we closed up a new high on Wednesday. Then Thursday, yesterday, we gapped down. The Dow was down 500 points pre-market. People are freaking out. Uh, It's over, it's over. And then now the S&P today uh, is a couple ticks from closing at a new all-time high. So I'm going to come back to the charts in a minute, but let's just talk about this uh, for for a moment. You know, I looked at a chart here year-to-date of the S&P 500. I don't have it for you in front of me. It's on my other computer here, unfortunately. But I looked at the percentage off highs, the pullbacks that we've had. And we had a pullback in early February of about three and a half, three point six percent from a high. It rallied back to a high. We then pulled back around three percent, rallied back near a high. Then we pulled down around four percent to a new all-time high. Back again. Uh, this is in March now. The last two, about two percent back up. Uh, we had a one point two percent pullback in April, back to new all-time high. High March, or sorry, May. We had a pullback end of May or middle of May, I should say about four and a half percent we rallied back to a new all-time high and then we had one here in june a pullback about two percent new all-time high and as of yesterday heading into today the s p 500 was off 0.86 percent from an all-time high yet if you turned on the news yesterday reading the articles the headlines the the market's falling apart and it's just again i i hate to bring this up at all the time but those types of days where you look and growth stocks were down yesterday we'll get into that in a minute they were down but it's one day folks we have to just take things into consideration. I mean, one month I don't care about, one quarter I don't care much about, as long as the story doesn't change. The, the, the reason why I bought into a sector or a trend or a stock doesn't change. 
but one day, nobody knows from day to day why things happen. There's no, there's no explanation sometimes. The only explanation you can give you on a down day is there's more sellers than buyers. That's about all I can tell you. And that's all anybody can tell you. So um, we're going to talk about the 10-year because that has something to do with it. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm feeling better if I still have a cough. So the headlines yesterday were talking about growth worries. And it, it kind of like, it, it makes me laugh. And I was having a conversation at the cafe with some guys in business yesterday. And because I was like venting. I said, you know, markets, they say how's the market doing? I said, it's down today because of fears that growth is slowing. We had one of the fastest, quickest recessions ever, fastest, quick, quickest bear markets ever. I mean, tell me the last time the, basically the free world shut down, literally shut down the economies, and we bounced back super fast. You can't keep, that's a V, you can't keep that trajectory forever. So of course growth is gonna slow down. You can, you can go to the moon, you have to slow down. And it's just like, to me, it's, it's common sense, but to the media, it's what they spin and what people start thinking, well, oh my God, growth's slowing. Well, it's not going to be the same as it was off the bottom of last March. It's not going to be. You're coming off a major trough. You can't have the same growth up here at highs. Not, that's just not possible. I mean, it's possible, anything's possible, but it's just not going to happen. Um, and then suddenly now, you know, inflation was that, that evil word, that, that boogeyman. Suddenly that's gone, right? Uh, because interest rates pull back, which I'll talk about in a minute. But now the evil word is interest rates. And, and that's funny because I'm going to explain why. And, um, you know, yesterday the weekly uh, U.S. jobless claims came out. The headline read, U.S. weekly jobless claims unexpectedly rise at 373,000. That was the headline I took from CNBC. Uh, what they didn't tell you was the previous week was revised to 371,000. So it increased by 2,000. Are you kidding me? 2,000. And what's amazing is the 371,000 last week was the lowest people uh, filing claims since the pandemic started. So we're 2,000 off that low from 371,000 to 373,000, but unexpectedly, what's this, unexpectedly rise. And he put the big number in 373,000. If you don't follow this, it doesn't mean anything to you, but it sounds big, right? Unbelievable how they just kind of play with this, these numbers and the headlines. Um, and then also they don't mention that the, you know, from week to week, again, nobody knows. The numbers are so damn volatile. The four-week moving average for the continuing claims, a four-week average, it kind of smooths out the volatility, right? Because you take a four-week average. It fell by 44,500 to 3.44 million, the lowest since March of 2020. Why isn't that the headline? Why? Why is it exciting? It's pretty damn exciting to me. It seems it means we're moving in the right direction. Um, Another reason that uh, Mark was down yesterday, and I'll pull up the chart here for you, um, is going to be the 10-year uh, yield. So the 10-year was the most troublesome thing in the world back in March, when it was around 1.75%, remember? We had to do shows about it. We had, had to calm people down. It was going to kill growth stocks, all this kind of stuff. It's now, yesterday, it hit a low of 1.26%. Uh, it then rallied back, and today it's up uh, quite a bit. That's at 1.349%. Still extremely low, obviously, as you can see how it rolled over. Now, let me get rid of this line for you, too. Um, so what, 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 what's absolutely fascinating is that it was such a current concern at 1.75, and now it's such a concern at 1.3. So which one is it? Well, you just want to be at 1.5 in the middle forever? 
it's not real either. It's it just it's it's a fascinating to me. And what people are saying is it's because it's rolling over, it's pricing in slowing growth. But again, I get that. It's going to be slower growth. So which one is it, folks? Do you not want it high? Do you not want it low? Where do you want it? I believe interest rates will go up over time, very slow, and it could go sideways for years. I don't know. But my goodness, this is just this is just pure uh, trading, emotions, um, gambling, getting worried up there and getting worried down here. I mean, come on. It just it's, it's, it drives me nuts because I hate to see people that are selling up here and then selling down here or trying to get back in the middle because they're reading headlines and they're, they're telling you false information. Yeah, the numbers are right, but it doesn't, that's it, not affecting things that much in the middle here. We're still in a very tight range. So suddenly the evil IRO word went from back here, interest rates, to here, inflation. Now we're back to interest rates in a matter of four months. That's, that's nuts. Absolutely nuts. So um, the other big issue uh, that came out uh, yesterday, or not came out yesterday, but people have been talking about, is, is COVID concerns increasing. Um, and, but, but, you know, there are certain areas. I was reading an article about South Africa and Namibia um, this morning, how they're having trouble down there, but it's only like 4% of population is vaccinated versus um, here, you know, over 70%, or not here, in the United States, over 70%. So I, it, it's, it's a bit different world, but I did look at the U.S. numbers, and this, these were as of Wednesday. On Wednesday, the U.S. hit a post-pandemic low for COVID deaths. 197. Listen, one's too many, but it is what it is. 197. That's down 94% from the peak, the lowest level since the pandemic started. Okay, so that's that's positive. That's a good. That's good news. And keep in mind that 80% of the deaths, actually over 80% of the deaths, came from people 65 and over. And over 90% of that age group in America has been vaccinated already. So it's going to be tough to spread anything when the people that are most at risk that are spreading it, not you know happening. So let's go back to those 197 deaths because they're talking about, you know, some areas in the U.S. shutting back down because of the Delta variant and, you know, the, the new strain potentially. Well, if everybody's vaccinated, most of the people are saying the CDC and, and, the, and the drug companies that it covers this variant. Um, what is the big deal? I, I don't get it. And, you know, the article yesterday, it didn't say who it was until deep, deep down in the article. And some guy I never heard of um, saying that we're most likely going to go back this fall to um, indoor distancing, indoor mask, all the BS that we went through last year. And I mean, just come on. I mean, what's the point of getting vaccinated if we can't live life? Um, but 197 deaths. So I just kind of looked at this. Do you realize last year there was 106 deaths per day from auto accidents in this country? So if you're at 197, 106, so are we going to ban cars next? I mean, let's think about this logically with numbers. I'm a numbers guy. 526 deaths per day in the United States come from unintentional accidents. And I'm pretty sure auto fits in there. So of those 526, 106 auto accidents, but 526 accidents. We're gonna ban people from walking or moving or breathing or anything? Accidents happen too. I, I, I just, it just I, I don't understand why the market would be, the, the airline stocks broke the moving average yesterday, they're falling, that things are gonna shut down again. I just don't see it happening. I think, again, it's a great scare tactic. I think it's a great headline for anybody looking for views and for clicks. And I get it. I click on the damn stuff. But again, don't let that get into the way you're, you're, you're investing in the market. So, <clears throat> All right. So uh, a little bit shorter show here today. Uh, it is Friday. 
So I'm going to go into an, uh, a scan that I do, and that's, that's the RSI scan. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's the relative strength index. I've talked about it in the past. Um, let me pull up the S&P 500 for you. And um, that's going to be down here, uh, this white line. It goes between 0 and 100. Uh, 0 to 30 is oversold. 50 to 70 is kind of neutral. 70 to 100 is overbought. And I usually look, like to look for stocks that are starting to come up from down below or very oversold that have really nice looking charts. Uh, and just so you know, the S&P right now, if it closes here, it's closing at an all-time high. So I came up with a couple of stocks this morning, random, no buy or sell recommendations. I don't have any exposure to these, but just stocks that you may want to add to your watch list um, and just give you an idea looking at some charts. This is the Howard Hughes Corporation. Yeah, the Howard Hughes. Very interesting play. It's a $5.2 billion company. Uh, it's a real estate company, but it's not a REIT. It's not a real estate investment trust. It doesn't pay a dividend. Um, the chairman, believe it or not, is Bill Ackman, you know, the infamous Bill Ackman, if you will. And what they do is they, they have four different... Um, really areas of operation. They, they do some master plan communities, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, some seaport districts, uh, they have land, they own and operate real estate. Um, you know, they, they, they're basically big picture, giant developers that look many, many day, probably decades out, not years out, decades out. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of the Woodlands uh, outside of Houston. That's one of their uh, master plan communities. Uh, Summerlin uh, in, in uh, Nevada, that's actually not even a city. It's just Summerlin is a, it was a planned community. It wasn't like it was a city. They planned that. Uh, the New York uh, City Seaport down south uh, on the southern tip of Manhattan. Pretty cool. They did that. Uh, they have quite a few. They have one in Hawaii as well. And as I mentioned, uh, Bill Ackman is the chairman. And this is the type of company that has come back quite a bit because you think about what I just mentioned. Woodlands uh, got hit because it's very oil related. Um, so they got hit when oil went basically to negative price at one point during the pandemic. Then you had Summerlin in Vegas, not as many people going out to Vegas. Uh, New York City Seaport, New York was basically shut down. Uh, Hawaii, the, the property there. Hawaii, nobody could travel in there for about a year. <coughs> so let's take a look at this longer term chart. You can see, boom, 130 down to 30. And it's since come back and it's pulled back here a little bit. I think this is such a great long term play. It's such a great, to me, if you're worried about inflation, this is a nice play in inflation. It's pulled back from a high. It's got a double support here. This blue line is the 200-day uh, moving average. When a red crossed above it, that's a 50-day. That's usually a nice buy signal, good long-term trend. I like it the way everything looks right here. So this is one to keep an eye on. Very tough to value it because it's such a weird play, uh, but it is one that uh, you, you definitely want to uh, keep an eye on, in my opinion. The next one is Luna Innovations, L-U-N-A. And uh, Luna Innovations, a little bit smaller company, $320 million company. Uh, they do advanced optical technology. Uh, they have a fiber optic sensing products division. They have some other sensors, instrumentation that they do. Uh, they work with a bunch of different areas, fiber optics, some health sciences. Um, and I, I like the way it's consolidating after running up. And I'll show you a little bit longer term chart here of Luna. Um, you see it's been in a really nice long term chart. I mean, back, it was back below a buck in 2016. Now it's at 10 and a quarter. There's your 10 bagger. 10 baggers happen. It takes time, but they happen. A lot of ups and downs along the way, folks. So it broke out to a high pullback, consolidating. Ton of long-term support here around 950. It's at 10 and a quarter right now. So, and it's got this blue line again, a 200-day moving average, triple bottom right here. It looks pretty darn good from a uh, uh, technical perspective. From a financial perspective, it looks pretty good too. It's got a PE ratio of 26 and a half. You might say, well, it's a little on the high end, but the PEG ratio, the PE ratio divided by its growth expectations, 1.3. That's that's love. That's good. Price of sales 2.2, very acceptable. Uh, revenue growth expected next couple of years of 21%. So really interesting play, niche play, small cap. You can call it actually a micro cap. Uh, again, one you maybe want to throw onto uh, your watch list. 
Another microcapital kick to stick with here, and this is Lazy Day Holdings. Uh, symbol's lazy. That's a kind of good one. $217 million, dealers, uh, uh, $217 million market cap. It's an RV dealership, recreational vehicles. And I've talked about RVs in the past. And just There's been a lot of RV sales during the pandemic, and it's just really taken off. Uh, you can see here, this was a SPAC, and then it fell. Uh, this is before SPACs were hot. Came all the way down below two bucks. It was already falling, and then a recession hit. Then people realized, holy smokes, people are start buying RVs. Went up from a buck to around $26 or so up there, uh, $25, and it's now pulled back just below 20 <coughs> Again, what you see here is uh, this is sitting on its 200 moving average. You got some price support around that 18 um, It has revenue this year expected of $988 million. I just told you it's only a $217 million company, so trading at a price of sales that's about 0.25. Uh, they're expected also to earn $2.71 a share this year, so it's got a P ratio based uh, off this year's expected earnings of less than 10. Uh, very, maybe I'm missing something here, but it's one you want to definitely do a little bit deeper dive into. I just love the big picture trend that uh, Lazy Days is in. Next one's a little bit bigger company, a uh, $5.3 billion company. This is TripAdvisor. And TripAdvisor is the world's leading travel meta search company. They have uh, almost 900 million reviews. I use it all the time because I you know, don't travel as much as I used to, but I'm going to get back to traveling again. 900 million reviews um, on all types of, uh, and info on all types of things. You know, um, restaurants, accommodations, little trips you could do, I mean, you name it. Uh, and so it's got that on nine, or sorry, 7.9 million of these accommodations, restaurants, et cetera. Um, and again, let's look at like, what happened, obviously, during travel with... Uh, with what happened. Um, you see here, this stock was already in a, in, in a pretty deep downtrend. And then the pandemic kind of fell from 30 down to the low teens, then worked its way all the way back up and it's falling once again. I actually want to zoom in a little bit longer and show you actually quite a few years out. It went public in 2011, shot up to 110, and it was in a downtrend for many, many years. I think that might be over. I, I, to me, uh, it looks like it's going to be break even this year, but back to profitability next year and um, a uh, new earnings per share high in 2023. So it's working its right way back to where it was and actually getting better than what it was. Um, revenue is expected to grow um, 21% annually next couple of years. Bottom line earnings 55%. So you got some really nice growth. Uh, you're pulling back from a, from a, a multi-year high. Again, is it, this didn't happen, didn't do it, but it happened to be sitting on this blue line again, the 200 day moving average, long-term support. Um, got some price support around 35. So I, I think, again, one, it's interesting. And this is one that if things continue to reopen, there isn't an issue of more shutdown, should do really well. Uh, this is one you probably never heard of. It trades here as an ADR. It's a French company called Vinci. And uh, Vinci is V-C-I-S-Y here. And um, kind of choppy chart. It doesn't trade a lot of shares. Uh, and so I don't expect people to be buying a lot of shares or buying any if they don't want to. But it's a bigger company. It's 50.5 billion euros. It's a contractor. It builds bridges, tunnels, sports stadiums, airports, rail. Uh, it actually operates 45 airports, over 4,400 kilometers of motorway in France. Um, again, this is one where you look at a PE, it's 40.6. You think, boy, that's high. But the peg ratio is 1.7. So again, it means it's got some really good growth on the bottom line. Price of the book, 2.4. Revenue growth is only expected in the next couple of years at 5.6%. Big company. That doesn't really surprise me too much. Uh, but earnings are expected to grow by 23.5%. And you look, it's supposed to uh, earn $6.84 or 6 euro in 2023, which 
based on it, I don't have the chart of the European stock here, but based on that, it gives you about a repeat ratio just above 13 for 2023. So I like that, and I think there's going to be a lot of infrastructure around the world. This company has divisions all around the world. Uh, and again, I'm zooming into a longer-term chart here, see so how it you know, was breaking out to a high, and then you know the pandemic happened, and it fell 50%. It's back up there. It failed the first time, but this is one that could break out above 29. It could really make a run, and it's, again, in a nice trend as well. And a nice diversification is a large-cap company, but a European company. And I will say this. I believe the European companies are extremely undervalued right now compared to U.S., um, next one is Monarch Casino and Resort MCRI. It's a $1.2 billion company. They own the Atlantis uh, Resort and Spa out in Reno, Nevada. They own the Monarch uh, Casino in Blackhawk, Colorado. I've been up in Blackhawk many, many years ago. It's got top line growth of 20%, bottom line growth of 29%. Uh, P ratio, again, a little bit higher, 38, but a peg ratio of 1.3. means it's growing big. Uh, price of book, three. Price of sales, 2.9. Both acceptable. Uh, this year's earning per share is expected actually to be above 2019's already this year. Uh, and by next year, um, up to $4.51, $4.51 per share. This year, the estimate's $2.89. So, uh, boy, some huge, huge growth on both the top line and bottom line here. And let's zoom out a little bit and we'll see what happened back uh, in, in during the uh, pandemic. Stock was looking great. It was breaking out. Boom, got crushed with all their casinos. And it got back fast. And it's pulling back a little bit because things don't go straight up. So a ton of support in the high 50s to around 60, 62. Uh, pretty interesting play right here. Again, it just happens to be on that 200 moving average. You're seeing a lot of stocks pull back there. This one's bouncing and it's up 4% today. And the last one I know you've heard me talk about many, many times, Porsche Automobile Holdings, P-O-A-H-Y. Um, and I, I said it looked good on this pullback. I didn't buy it yet. That's what I'm talking about. If I didn't, I wouldn't talk about it. 5.65% today. Boy, that double bottom. I, I called it. I should have bought the darn thing. Uh, but we talked about this one last week, but it came up in a scan. So I wanted to share it with you again because if stocks keep coming up, it's telling you something. And again, remember, uh, this owns 50% of uh, uh, Volkswagen uh, because this is a holding company. It's actually above um, uh, Volkswagen. And part of Volkswagen is you know Volkswagen, Audi, Bentley, Porsche. Um, so one, again, just to keep an eye on, throw on that uh, watch list of yours. So pretty interesting stocks we went through there. Uh, pretty interesting market right now. Uh, don't let anybody tell you that growth is dead, the economy is dead. Uh, growth numbers year over year will slow down because we are now going against much different numbers. And we can't keep going up in, 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 in the levels that we were. So it's not, that's not real, folks. So I'm going to show you one more chart here, actually, before I go. Uh, this is ARKK. We talk about this one a lot. It's the ARK Innovation. You know, it, it broke that downtrend line here and it rallied about 32, 34%. And then I said, I, you know, I said, you can't go straight up, it could pull back. It pulled back for one, two, three, four, five, six days, and now it's up 1.1% today. Sitting on, again, that blue line, a 200-day moving average. Um, boy, it looks good. You know, it came over, overbought, down oversold, starting to turn its way up. That's exactly what you want. Man, I mean, sometimes, folks, the, the charts work, the fundamentals work, the big picture stuff works. You got to put it all together and you got to stick with it. Don't let these headlines get you all, you know, all worked up and all over the place. So uh, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you have a safe, wonderful, and, and happy. Enjoy life. You only live once. Um, thank you so much for supporting me. And uh, uh, I can't wait to just bring more amazing things. And, and uh, yeah, just, just, a, just a big thank you, honestly. Uh, I'm Matt McCall, and that was your money line. Money Line with Matt McCall. Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.